Hi, I'm Deb Crow, and welcome to Season 2 of the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. This is a podcast where we connect, learn, and laugh together with strong leaders from all over the globe. Here, you will learn from peers you haven't even met yet. You will gain new tools to add to your leadership toolbox. Because whether you're a C-suite executive or a first-time entrepreneur, we all contend with challenges and there's always room for improvement if we choose to seek it. So please pull up a chair and listen in. This is the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. Welcome back to Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. And you are in for a treat today. Hold on to that word because I'm being, I'm being real here. I have been following this company on LinkedIn, I don't even know for how long, and I reached out to one of the co-owners, it's a family business, and I just, I wanted them on the show, they are the epitome of heart-centered leadership. If you have not heard of MDS, aka Midday Squares, uh, I'm going to apologize now for the addiction you're going to have. These guys have taken a protein bar and brought it to what they call a functional chocolate bar. It's plant-based, it's good for you, and I've been on the heels of Jake, their CMO, and we've been back and forth, and I don't like saying busy, but he's been a busy guy. He's been jumping out of planes and on trains and automobiles and I finally nailed him down today. So, Jake, thanks for fitting us in, and welcome to the show. First of all, what an what an introduction! I've been on a bunch of podcasts, and that was, I think, the most epic one, epic introduction. First of all, jumping off the bus. Listen, my energy is, is. I would love to jump off a car right now, and I have a jeep where I can pull the roof off. And you know, in Montreal, where we are from, the Canadians made it to the Stanley Cup. And we are going, and I am jumping on the top of my roof with the speaker in the air and the flags going. So, yeah, I'm just fired up and I'm pumped to be on this podcast. And I love your authenticity. And, and that's one of the reasons why um, we're connecting is because we're, we're both authentic in the most real format, not just buzzword format. And, um, yeah, let's get deep. I'm, I'm an open book. Midday Squares is an open book. And uh, we're ready to fire it up. Well, you know, it says on your bars, keep refrigerated. I got a sweater on because I get goosebumps when I'm around you guys. You are truly your mantra, good vibes only. You know, I had a mentor 30 years ago and he says, like attracts like. That's what you're doing. And I want to start off with how you phrase it. My first leadership question is around the amazing, healthy, and vital culture, which you call crew love. I want to know when you and Nick and Leslie sat down and you even had this, this vision and just take us back there. You knew what you wanted to create and now you're there and you call it crew love. And I know there's lots of dancing. So give us a little glimpse into kind of how you guys pulled this all together. So, so first off, um, crew love is our community. So crew love is the culture, like you said, the community that the, the entire, what we stand for, I guess, is, is what it is. And 
I remember day one, August 2018, when we launched the company, I said to my partners, Nick and Leslie, who are my Leslie's my sister, Nick's my brother-in-law, they're married. I said to them, the only way I join as the third partner here is if we decide to allow our consumers to jump on this roller coaster with us. And what I mean by that is show everything, the behind the scenes of what it is to build a business and not just from the successes, show the failures, show them the emotion, the consumers, the emotion of what we're going through. And they're like, well, what are you talking about? But I'm like, well, let's take Shark Tank, which was on a tear at the time. Let's take the lifestyle reality shows like Kardashians, remove the vanity, and let's make a baby with the two. Let's show the consumer the day-to-day of what it is to be an entrepreneur. Because Shark Tank was too superficial, it was too surface level. And for us, it was just like, we can do this with our iPhones. We had three phones. We could film the raw, the raw emotions of what we're going through, the breakdowns, the moments that we celebrate when one customer would purchase a bar for 25 cents. I remember in the condo when we started, and then the entire conversations we would have about strategy. And that allowed our consumers to start feeling like they were part of a community, part of something that was a journey. And we really enforced that by building over time a full media company within Midday Squares. And what I mean by media company is have videographers, editors, photographers, creative directors in-house in a food company. It sounds crazy. But the whole idea was, was to make sure that our consumers feel like they're buying from a friend, a neighbor, a family member, or, or an acquaintance, not that healthy chocolate bar that's on the shelf. We wanted them to go to the store and be like, hey, I know Jake, Jake, Nick, and Les. They're super awesome. And that relatability and emotionality is what allows us to grow at hyper levels compared to the current companies that are spending millions of dollars on distribution, on sales, on this stuff. We're investing all that capital into creating that culture, crew love, that community to continue to be fueled by great storytelling and authenticity. Well, and you're doing it consistently, authentically, from your heart. It's so real. It's so fun. Like I said, every day I make a point of go checking out your posts. But I also I also want to mention one thing because I am a consumer. I told you I like my addiction's real. Like you're 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 taking you're taking the uh, the hunger out of my afternoon midday snack for sure. There was a there was a week I think about a month ago I got the most beautiful email from one of your customer service employees, and she said. We're really sorry. You had an influx of orders and my order was going to be late. Did I want to cancel? And I'm like, absolutely not. It is so worth the wait. And then I get another lovely email back with a coupon off on my next order. Like you take me back to the days of when it was generate, like you were like, you're like the mercantile store with your customer service. And I I say that from heart because there's a consistent connection through email. And then like you said, as you've opened the bandwidth of your distribution, I can go to different retailers to grab bars. I am telling everybody about these bars because people want healthy snacks. We are a health-oriented community now, more so than ever. 
And to put these in the hands of little people, it just makes me feel like I'm being a responsible aunt or mom or friend. And so many people have said, oh my God, these taste like a chocolate bar. Thank you so much. Can I get on there and send a box to my daughter in BC? And I'm like, yes, you can. So I love that I'm sharing in part of the crew love and have felt that connection, honestly, Jake, from the first order. Like you've done it so succinctly and so beautifully. Yeah, I think that moment that you're talking about is, first of all, shout out to our customer team. They're, they're super awesome. And we don't have a customer experience department. We do have people that work in the customer experience, but we like to make it a mindset throughout the company because everything we do, and I think it comes back to your heart leadership, is if you put love into every department of your company, the consumer or the community member feels it because the bar is set so low today, unfortunately, with a lot of brands and products out there, there is minimal love put into it. It is, it is literally a packaged product that is literally the same thing as the package next to it, just with different colors. When you put love and actually humanize an experience and learning about humanize is treat everyone like we're humans with each other, because that's what it is. It doesn't have to be transactional. Yes, there is a transaction that happened, but there's more to it than just the transaction. And I make it very clear within the company from a leadership standpoint is that I want everyone to speak to everyone as a human. And that's it. And if we can figure out how to keep humanizing customer experience and every other angle of our company at scale, and I'm talking about hyperscale, like, like conglomerate level size, we have figured out a, a lit, a, literally a, a, a hidden mystery, but it's not as hard as you think. Because if you just first principle thinking always, if you go back to your first principle thinking and your morals and you treat everything like that, it's possible to scale it. It's just people think they don't want to spend that extra one minute, that extra two minutes, that extra, oh, I have to run over to the street next to us to go drop something off. It's like, if we put love into everything, you would receive love back. And some of the messages like you're talking about that you just wrote, said, you just said on the podcast to us is what we receive from our crew love. And that's what actually fuels our energy when we're tired. So it's literally a circle. That's all it is. It's a flywheel that consistently goes. And I just think more companies need to start doing it because they're missing the boat otherwise. Well, I agree with you. And when we put people first and we keep that value intrinsic and don't get caught up in the materialism and the extrinsic, that's exactly my message. And you also don't have to be with stature or initials after your name to be a leader. Everyone has leadership. It's just, it's kicking fear to the curb and stepping into the greatness and you're doing it and taking your crew along the way. It's, it's a really a beautiful model. I love it. So my second question has permanent residency on the podcast because we're year two. We, we interviewed a hundred leaders last year. So wow. I can't wait to hear the answer to this. Share with us what imperfections you bring. And if you want to share what Nick and Leslie bring, you can too, because they're not here. We can have some fun to your heart-centered leadership at Midday Squares. So what, what my imperfections are my superpowers, actually. Um, so for me, I have something called dyspraxia um, is my first I, I guess we call it my, I'll call it my super here, my superpower, which is um, I actually can't even tie my shoes and do up my buttons. And this affects me because um, when you have a lot a difficulty with fine motor skills, you know, you're typing, you're writing, you're doing these things, things aren't being clearly 
articulated and shown properly, right? So people interpret it differently. But when you take, when you appreciate it and actually um, embrace it, people actually feel feel you. They empathize with you in a positively, not in, in a feel bad for you. They actually, it's a really cool connection you can create. So what I do is when I'm tying my shoes, I just show, I'm like, hey guys, I'm taking a long time to do it. Number two, I think that I have the lack of organization uh, and I'm a bad man. I'm, I'm, I'm not a great manager. And um, what I did is I learned this the hard way. When I started Midday Squares, I forced myself because I thought society, when they tell you to be an entrepreneur, you got to be a manager as you scale the business, you hire people, you got to be able to manage them and be a leader like that. And um, I spent six to eight months basically feeling pain inside because I was forcing myself to have to manage the marketing team, have to manage this team. And I was doing a horrible job, horrible, horrible. And what ended up happening was it would create tension in the company because I wasn't a good manager. If, you're not a, if you don't have a great manager to lead that department in that format, it ends up falling apart. Pieces start going here, accountability goes there. And I ended up saying to my business therapist at the time, I said, what's wrong here? Like, what am I doing? And we discussed that just because I'm an owner of the company and I own shares and I, I'm a co-founder doesn't mean I have to manage. I don't need to play to my weaknesses. I could play to my strengths. And I asked myself, what were my strengths or what are my strengths? And my strengths are people, working with people, being with people, alongside networking with people, building the community around Midday Squares, not managing it, building it. And I realized I had to get out there and be there, not sit there organizing this to that. We have operators. We have amazing operators in our business. And that is the day my ego dropped completely. I stepped down. And it was the best leadership I could have made and the best precedent I could have made in the entire business decisions I've made over the last three years, because I finally showed what it is to go and spread your wings. And it's okay not to be what the textbook tells you to be or what school tells you to be or society. And I just think that those are some of the imperfections um, that actually played in my favorites. If I didn't realize those imperfections, I wouldn't be who I am today. As for Leslie and Nick, Leslie has auditory processing. Um, that's one of her superpowers. And she, um, she has ADHD um, and makes her great. It makes her so awesome. And Nick, uh, my other partner, he, he, he has he, his emotions swing. Um, so he hits a lot of lows. Now he's balanced that. Um, so he, he, he goes through depressions um, and uh, it makes him the, the amazing individual he has. Something that does bother me sometimes that he does have is something called impulsivity. Um, when he gets too excited, he like when we celebrate a milestone with the team, which I'm sure you've seen our dancing videos and, you know, we get the entire team because it's all of their responsibilities of what happened. Um, Nick will throw a table or chairs because, but he can't control it. So it's not purpose. It's not purposely or anything like that. But I always tell him every time we have a celebration, it gets dirty, something breaks, the glass falls. So He's been working on that one, um, but it just creates that, that, that lightning in the bottle energy for everyone, but it's just, it's chaos. You know, it's, it's, it's complete chaos. Well, and you think about sharing your imperfections and the relatability where people think, wow, they own a company, they're in business, they're family. There's no, there's no judgment. It's to me, and, and, you, and you and I have bantered back and forth on LinkedIn. Being different's where it's at. The hottest thing. 
you know, and you're, you're rising above the noise when it comes to protein bars. Yeah. Well, every, why for me, I don't understand. Relatability is everything. Why are we always talking about product benefits? That's great. Say it once or three, four or five times, but I don't need to see it a hundred times. How can you get to the consumer? Well, novelty is one way. And then authenticity is how you keep the attention. Novelty will get you the attention, but authenticity keeps it. And for us, we've you as a kid you grow up watching storytelling at its finest disney all these things do great jobs at storytelling so why don't brands even when they sell a product do good storytelling and i think it's because everyone looks at dollar values expensive to create content it's expensive to tell a good story it is but if you believe in your community and you want them to feel an emotion whether that emotion means a laughter happiness sadness empathy whatever it is you have to invest to make that happen, right? And an emotion is memorable. Product benefits is not really memorable. We, that should be the standard in today's world is the product benefits, to be honest with you. Oh, absolutely. And you, like you said, you can tell me how many grams of protein, et cetera, fiber. I, I like seeing the smile on people's faces. I like to see you guys running to the next you know, barrier that you're going to knock down and, you know, like you did with that awesome, you know, video with the plane and congrats on your new account. You're, you're in Texas and people don't see the top of the iceberg. They think that's it. They don't see that, that metaphor of, like you said, the blood, the sweat, the tears, the frustration, the, uh, inattention, unintentional, all of it. It's entrepreneurship has it all packed up inside. But I think aligning and bringing us on the journey with you, it's a joy and it's fun. Yeah, we tried to create a a boy band or, or girl band, whatever you want to call it, like a Spice Girls or Backstreet Boys. But instead of selling records, we sell chocolate. And that's what we're trying to do every day. Well, you're doing it well, my friend. Now, I want to talk to you about nepotism and family business because I've, I've been coaching for a long time and it's one of the biggest things that I see in family businesses. And again, you guys are out there. You put everything out there. It's not sitting on your sleeve. It's, we're going to talk about it. And I know, the, I know you, the three of you, go for business therapy every week. Tell us where you decided to implement that as part of your strategy, your business acumen, and you go weekly. How has it helped you? Because you've been in business now almost three years. So give us a little glimpse into the why. So first off, when we started this business, we didn't partner because we're family. So um, it's important to know that the three of us have very different skill sets, very, very different skill sets. So when you combine them, it actually it completes a puzzle. You know, my sister's a great executor. She's our CEO. She's amazing at execution. She built a factory out. My brother-in-law is an operator. He understands all operations stuff. He loves the nitty gritty of deep diving onto software. He's a software engineer by trade and he loves that. He loves raising money. I love building community and making noise and networking. I'm that extroverted character. So when you bring it all together, it creates something unique. Now, the problem is, is being family. Um, you have fragility relationships. You have serious relationships that, you know, you have to worry about. You have past, what happened in the past of your life, growing up together, there's serious stuff that's happened in, in mine and Leslie's life, for example, you know, growing up. And Nick, 
is married to my sister. And that's a marriage on the line where they just, they, they were best friends to marry to business partners, which again, it's hard to separate business than family, especially when you go home together and you know that there's a huge manufacturing crisis. How could you not talk about it when you're sitting next to your partner that is your business partner as well? So we decided day one, Nick brought up that he was seeing a coach. He wanted his old partners that he was with to see a coach and they didn't want to. And it ended up creating this tension. Um, He said, the only way we do this is if we keep the relationship we have right now, all three of us before the journey, it must remain after the journey, no matter where the journey goes, whether that's failure, success, whatever it is, or mediocreness, whatever it is, which will never be mediocre, um, whatever it is, that's what we need to figure out. So how do we do that? We called, we called the coach up. His name's Dr. James Gavin. Um, he's a professor at Concordia and he specializes in behavioral psychology. And what he did was he helped us communicate with each other. So we know how to have hard conversations together without taking it personally, without being able to uh, attack each other. We know how to communicate. We know what type of signs to use. And I remember the first session, I didn't even believe in this type of thing. I didn't believe in coaching. I didn't believe in therapy. And I'm very vocal about this. At the beginning, I used to, I was a fraternity boy. I graduated, you know, sports, all that stuff. Didn't believe in it. Day one, I went in just because I was, a, I, I joined the partnership and I was like, I'll do it for you guys. Now I'm the biggest advocate of it. So I believe that it is the only reason why we're still in business. I'll tell you that. It's the only reason why we're still in business and the only reason why our relationship's actually stronger than when we started. And I think it's important to say that there's been rough times with all of our relationships where, you know, as siblings, I, I, you know, we brought back the past and within the business and then within their marriage, there was falling apart at one point. And therapy allows you to learn how to get through these things um, with the right ways of communicating. Because the word yes or the word yes to someone else doesn't mean the same thing. It could just be letters, right? And you got to learn tones. You got to learn how to do things. And then also supporting your team. We use our business therapists for team members if they want to use it. And I think that's something important because your team is your family. Um, Without the team, you don't build the company, right? So for us, you know, being put in this pressure cooker of scaling a company, um, you know, from zero to wherever it goes into becoming a conglomerate in five to 10 years, rather than what these conglomerates did in 60 years, you're dealing with a pressure cooker of stress, right? Um, And yeah, I just think that a lot of family businesses fail because they go into business because it's family. And then also because they don't care to have hard conversations. Well, kudos to you guys, because I've, I've helped a lot of families over the years and I just, I thought it was brilliant. And again, just so authentic and, and you speak from your heart and I think it's intentional. It's part of you being a vivid visionary, being out there as the extrovert and, you know, let's, uh, let's get control of the, the nozzle on the fire hose. So we don't have to do any firefighting. It's brilliant. So congratulations. And again, it's just, it's another element of your journey that it's kind of like, you know, you probably have a memory of a teacher from school. And unless you go back and say to that teacher, you know, it was your class and it was when you said this, you never know the impression or imprint that someone has engraved on their heart from our actions or our words. And that's what you're doing. Thank you very much. I I really do appreciate it. 
Now, my last question is for all of our listeners, because we're in 42 countries and there's going to be a young entrepreneur listening to you. So I have to ask, what's a strategy you can share or some advice for anyone looking to have a startup? Don't We won't even care about the industry. Just a general question. What advice would you give a young entrepreneur who's thinking, should I, could I, how do I go about this? I'm really scared. You've been there. What can you mentor and share today? First off, just start. Um, and that's the hardest part is to just get the ball rolling and being okay with that. Um, number two is make sure that you stay true to this, being unapologetic for yourself. The second you do, you're someone else, it becomes a lot harder. Um, you know, when I tried to be that management position, I was trying to be someone else. It wasn't Jake. And that's what killed me inside. And it was burning me. And I was mistreating things that shouldn't have been mistreated. Um, but once I realized I, that I brought up Jake with me again, the Jake came out and my wings flew. And I started feeling so energized. I, I, I wasn't tired anymore. I was feeling happy, excited. That's number two. Number three is get comfortable with being uncomfortable because in a startup, it's uncomfortable. Uh, if you're not uncomfortable, then you're not making magic. You're not you're not growing as fast as you'd like to be growing in a startup type of environment. So what we do at Midday Square is we actually enjoy staying, um, staying uncomfortable. We try to put ourselves in uncomfortable positions. And we always think if we're always on the side of the majority, we always think because it's a weird thing to be on the side of majority if you're trying to do something different. So that type of stuff is uh, really what I say is just to, just to get yourself going. Um, but words of encouragement on that end would be um, it's the most fun the good and the bad, it's always fun. And every, every mentor of mine that has done this, been through the entrepreneurial route has said, try to enjoy it while you're there. Because um, when it's done, you know, you want to be back in it. And um, so what we do is we documented everything um, so that we have 25,000 videos on our Google drive of every memory that happened throughout our entire three years so far. Um, and we'll probably have a hundred thousand by five years, um, different videos. And we can go back to the date, basically seeing that, oh my God, I remember when we made our first bar. I remember when we sold our first retailer. I remember when we lost our first employee, we had to get rid of our first employee. I remember when we brought on our first VP and, um, the emotions are what's really cool and the actual feelings that happen during. So be sure to appreciate it. Even when it's shitty. Absolutely. I, I just celebrated 31 years at the end of May. And I'll tell you, I was 24. And I just felt like I was flying by the ass of my pants. And I've never been afraid. And when I fail forward, I get back up. So well, I like that. a few bumps, a few scrapes on my knees. And I think for me, the hardest thing that I had to lose was the weight of other people's opinions. When people give you advice and they don't own their own business, I just surround them with love and a nice smile and I thank them now, but for years it used to tick me off. And that's and that's the sharing that we all need to just be raw and honest about because we all have all the different emotions and they show up sometimes unexpected because we are human beings and that's just being real. And again, you guys demonstrate that really well. 
listen, I, I can't, I, I can only agree with you on that because it's so important. Stop worrying about others, what they think about you and pay value to the people that mean a lot to you. Um, if you don't block the noise out, um, you'll never get anywhere actually, because everyone's going to pull you in every different direction. And you've got to put, I don't like to use this, but you got to put horse blinders on because the blinders keep you focused and they block out all of that, that jazz that's going to come to you because everyone wants to give an opinion. Um, and oh, sorry, the most important thing, trust your gut, learn how to develop that muscle to trust your gut. When we don't trust our gut in our business, from our experiences, every single time we went against it, it has turned detrimental to the business. There has been moments of, of horrid, horribleness from not trusting the gut and going with the other side, which I would say is actually my brain because um, the gut is, is, not, is not that. So that feeling, trust it and execute on it and listen to it. Do you know there's a leadership term for that? What is it? Intuition management. I like that. My background's in neuroscience. So the front of your brain, your frontal lobe is actually attached to your stomach. And when you align it with the heart in the middle, you are limitless and you guys are there. Limitless, I like that. Limitless potential. Okay, I'm going to switch to my fab four. Rapid four questions, whatever's on the top of that brilliant midday square mind of yours. Okay, first question. Tell us something that we don't know about Jake. I don't want to cut my toenails. (laughs) Hey, I haven't had that one. Finish this sentence for me. Heart-centered leadership is? All about love. Absolutely, it is. Third question. What is the best book that you have read or listened to since you started Midday Squares? Hot Seat um, by Jeff Immelt. He was the um, former CEO of General Electric after um, Jack Welch. He gives you a fun throw image and, and visual and emotion what he had to go through and he was pretty much shredded throughout the experience awesome there's another one to add i haven't heard of that one and my last question is what do you want our listeners to remember about you and leslie and nick and midday squares what i want your listeners to remember is um we're just, we're just, I think entrepreneurship is how long can you stay in the pocket? I think the characteristic is grit. And Leslie, Nick, and I will die on this hill. Um, Winner, 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 lose. Um, we're on, we're dying on the hill. And I think that's the, the cool thing is that our, our community fights this battle with us every single day. And I want you to remember that you're dealing with a warrior here, um, three warriors that, that won't stop till it's, Till we get to where we got to go. Well, and I, I have to agree. I love the handwritten note that was sent to me. It's a, it's a fun picture of you guys and I have it hanging on my wall. And I just, I want to thank you for being part of my, my daily tribe, because when you surround yourself with others, we are a borderless society. It doesn't matter what business we're in. We're all in the people business. And I know when I need a laugh or a little lift in my day, because I'm a solopreneur at home, I can always go to whatever social media platform. And it's like, oh my gosh, what are these guys up to today? And, And just know, like you said, on the days you feel tired, 
and your tank's a little empty, just know that we're going to fill ours by looking at everything you do. And I can see where you get that reciprocate energy from us. And I just want to wish you continued success. And uh, I'm a customer for life. You've got me. Right. I got I got a little addiction. Don't ask me my favorite flavor because I'm not picking. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I do want to add something that on the floor for me. Um, today I felt that tiredness um, that you were just talking about. And uh, literally right before this, I filmed a segment literally before our podcast. And I could send you the timing of it. I sent our videographer basically explaining how my energy tank is empty and I need something to pick me up. What you said um, really hit me hard that when, when your tank's empty or someone's tank is empty, they sometimes come to us and we feel theirs. And that just gave me, that gave me light just now and, and it means a lot. And I'll probably mention you in something, um, you know, so just stay tuned for that because it's the real moment that's happening live. Uh, no, and I appreciate you very much. Oh, I appreciate you. So I'm, uh, I, I, you're stuck with me for life, but I, I do want to finish. I want to make a deal with you. Tell me. I want to send you a heart-centered leadership sweatshirt, a heart-centered sweatshirt, but I want an MDS hoodie. So are you in? Yes, yes, of course. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna swap some merch. So, because I want to be eating one of my squares, and I I want to do a little a little reciprocal branding with you. And I just love you guys, and I want to thank you for your time and your ex, your your experiences and your expertise. But I am most grateful that you are willing to share your heart, and don't ever stop doing that. Deb, you, you fire me up. You're our family for life, and you know that. And uh, like I said, big air hug right now. And big air uh, hug. Just know that on behalf of Leslie, Nick, and I and the entire crew, um, we love you lots. Well, I am excited to to launch this episode, and let's put you out there to 42 countries. And like I said, you might be dropping out of a plane in the next video. <laughs> I love it. Deb, you're a rock star. You've been listening to the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. I'm Deb Crow. If you like what you heard today, please rate and review the show. And I'd love it if you'd visit my website at debcrow.com, where you can sign up for my newsletter and get access to the Heart-Centered Leadership Toolkit, all free of charge. Thanks for your time, and we'll see you again.